Hi, I'm David Freudberg, host of Humankind, and of this special four-episode series, The Medicine Garden. You're in for a treat, a fascinating tour of herbal remedies. It's an approach to healing that has become enormously popular among Americans dissatisfied with conventional medicine. Herbal remedies are now commonly found in pharmacies. We'll cover the substantial medicinal properties of everyday foods you can grow in the garden. Find out about generally safe herbs such as echinacea for colds, nettle for allergies, saw palmetto for prostate complaints, and effective natural alternatives to antibiotics, and much more. We hear from the visionary physician Andrew Weil, who's taught me and millions of others so much about this. We listen also to historian Barbara Griggs, pharmacology professor Varro Tyler, journalist Bill Moyers, botanist James Duke, and numerous others. Of course, some plants found in nature are toxic, so listeners should consult a trained professional regarding your own health choices. If you enjoy this series, please leave a favorable review at Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread the word. On this lazy afternoon, let me invite you to join me and stay a little while here in the garden. But be forewarned, this is no ordinary garden. The bright bouquet of colors here, the fresh fragrances, the fickle grasses swaying in the breeze serve more than just an ornamental purpose. For this garden is a special place, a healing place. The vegetation here is said to contain medicines, herbal remedies that can strengthen your immune system, cure your cold, help to treat chronic and even life-threatening conditions. Our ancestors have used these botanical medicines for thousands of years. The plants work their effects on the body naturally, often quite gently. Why they're as natural as this brilliant purple coneflower, or that bright white bulb of garlic. The healing ingredients concealed in these plants and trees are one of nature's sweet mysteries. But the mysteries are not sealed shut. The life-sustaining secrets here are open, and during this program, you'll learn about them. For this is the Medicine Garden. Welcome, I'm David Freudberg. A natural approach to healthcare is blossoming throughout our society. More and more of us seek a type of medicine that is preventive, cheap, non-technological, effective, and safe. At least a third of Americans are using alternative health care, according to physician David Eisenberg of Harvard Medical School. You know, people who have exhausted conventional care and still suffer very understandably ask the question, what else should I do? I think that's what's driving the system. They're not abandoning conventional medicine. The fact is that 96% of the people who we could identify in our national survey who saw an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, an herbalist for a serious medical condition were simultaneously seeing a medical doctor for that condition. So this isn't an either or, this is just really common sense. If you're still sick and suffering, you logically say, what else can I do to be better? 
The wave of alternative medicine rolling through our culture represents a sea change that has caught the eye of television journalist Bill Moyers. Millions of Americans are are uh, exploring this, using these techniques. Uh, so yes, I think there is a growing uh, audience uh, for it, a growing community for it. What do you see as driving uh, a fairly significant movement among Americans? First is just the high cost and complexity of modern medicine. It's more and more expensive, more and more invasive, more and more indifferent to to people. That's economically, the doctor said to me, I have time to see a patient for six and a half minutes, and after that, he or she are not economically viable, and I've got to get them in and get them out. He said it ruefully. Um, second, people are realizing that they have to take responsibility to prevent as much illness and suffering as they can. And alternative medicine is essentially preventive medicine. It's trying to take care of oneself eat right, uh, drink right, uh, don't smoke, don't do those harmful things that, uh, that cause me later to have to turn to a modern hospital or a busy doctor who's going to charge me a lot to fix what I could have prevented. As people increasingly take the responsibility for self-care, they are discovering a whole new world of natural, non-prescription medicines that can be used as home remedies. At this busy health store outside Boston, curious customers examine shelves filled with hundreds of little boxes and bottles containing botanical extracts and teas. The labels bear intriguing plant names like schizandra or echinacea. Some names suggest their traditional use, for instance, feverfew, or depict their appearance, such as golden seal. Some you may recognize as common herbal teas like chamomile and peppermint. I found that herbal medicine can help you in many ways that normal medicine can't, and it has much fewer side effects. And uh, it's been around for a long time, and it's been very well studied, which a lot of things in this Western medicine haven't been. I like the, that it's enabled me to get off of antibiotics and anti-inflammatories from long-term health problems that I've had. And uh, I've been on herbs and, and other supplements for about a year now. I don't get sick as often. I buy the natural herb shampoos that have, I think, rosemary is good for the, sham or the hair, nettle, and soapwort, and for the skin, I've used oils with um, like self-heal and comfrey and plantain, which grows anywhere, and um, burdock and cleavers are some skin herbs that really work. I mean, I remember sharing some salve with a friend of mine, and I, sh I put it on her cut, and after a while, she, ta she asked me, what was that? What was that? And I told her, she said, wow, because it hasn't itched ever since. What do I use herbs for? I use them for strengthening. I use them for cleansing, um, for liver cleansing. I use them for um, gum health. I use them for antibiotics. Have you found success with herbs? Very much so. I'm really 110. <laughs> The benefits of herbal medicine are sometimes exaggerated, both by consumers and by some commercial interests in the burgeoning marketplace for botanical remedies. Some popular books and magazines make unproven claims about the therapeutic powers of herbs, and anyone trying plant medicine is well advised to first study it carefully. But misinformation aside, 
In fact, a large body of scientific evidence now confirms that some plants do have definite healing properties. In Beltsville, Maryland, Dr. James Duke at the U.S. Department of Agriculture has cataloged more than 3,000 medicinal plants. This is the American coneflower. This herb now is about two feet tall. It'll get to be three, four feet tall and will have large daisy-like compounds with uh, pinkish to purplish petals and a brownish cone in the middle. The dark green leaves now, it's just coming into bud. This will come up to about here and we'll have this very spectacular large overgrown daisy. The roots of this are probably the best immune stimulant in the United States. This purple coneflower is also known as echinacea, whose extract is now commonly available in liquid, tablet, or capsule form. Echinacea is one of many herbal medicines we inherited from Native Americans. Echinacea was the best-selling pharmaceutical product made by the firm of Lloyd Brothers in Cincinnati until the 1930s. Dr. Varro Tyler is former pharmacy school dean at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, and author of Herbs of Choice. It was used primarily for its anti-infective properties, antimicrobial properties. And then when sulfa came along, it fell into disuse, but it has been resurrected in Germany in the last 15 years or so because it has been shown that it functions by an entirely different mechanism than the sulfa drugs or the antibiotics. Instead of killing the microorganisms, it enables the body's own immune mechanism to fight them more readily and to dispose of them. And in that way, it is particularly good for relatively minor viral infections, such as colds and influenza. I'm not talking about AIDS here. Uh, and it is popularly used for that purpose, and I, I recommend it and use it personally because there is adequate evidence to show that it is effective in helping ward off the symptoms of colds and influenza. Herbal medicines such as echinacea are viewed by some as a safer alternative to chemical antibiotics. Physician and best-selling author Andrew Weil in Tucson, Arizona. First of all, antibiotics don't have any effect against viruses. They only work against susceptible bacteria. Echinacea has activity against viruses. Uh, antibiotics do not increase immune function. So they're just working to destroy uh, germs whose presence may be blocking an immune response. Uh, but echinacea has been shown actually to enhance immune function. It increases the movement of certain white blood cells. It increases the rate at which white blood cells eat uh, bacteria. Uh, so it's it has immune enhancing effects as well. Uh, echinacea has very little toxicity, if any. I mean, we don't really, there aren't really no reports of toxic reactions to echinacea. Some of the antibiotics we use are quite toxic. Another problem is that the antibiotics, because they're working to kill susceptible bacteria are strongly influencing the evolution of bacteria. And I'm sure you've read all of these uh, reports, uh, now also out as popular books and movies, portraying the coming of epidemics that are going to be resistant to our best antibiotics. Echinacea doesn't work that way. It's working mostly by enhancing body resistance rather than killing off susceptible organisms. So it's not a factor which is getting us over time into worse relationships with these agents of disease. 
And by the way, and another significant factor is echinacea is cheap relative to antibiotics. Echinacea is one of the most widely studied botanical remedies listed in a huge global database on medicinal plants maintained by the UN's World Health Organization. Database director is University of Illinois professor Norman Farnsworth in Chicago. There are several different dosage forms, like one dosage form is they take the fresh plant and they squeeze it and get the juice. Another one is they take the plant and make an extract of ethanol or water. And another one is they just take the powdered plant and put it in a capsule. And if you take probably the most effective one is the liquid one. You put it in your mouth, you swirl it around, and then swallow it. The liquid form, I wanted to point out, about 10, 15 percent of people will get an irritated mucosa of the mouth. If you stop taking it, it goes away. It's probably an allergic manifestation. The usual recommended dose is uh, uh, 10 to 20 drops every three to four hours for the first couple of days, and uh, then you can take it perhaps three times a day. Dr. Varro Tyler of the Purdue Pharmacy School. The problem with echinacea, the only problem, uh, aside from very minor cases of allergic responses that have been infrequently reported, is that one should not take it for a prolonged period of time. Uh, you don't need to take it for a prolonged period of time. If it doesn't help your cold within a week or 10 days, you should quit taking it anyway. Any other cold remedies? One of the ones that uh, has been recommended uh, uh, to increase the secretions of the mucous membranes to thin out the mucus and thereby allow one to uh, cough up that phlegm that interferes with uh, swallowing and breathing, uh, is capsicum, red pepper, sometimes called KN, but KN is a, an adjective, not a noun in that case, so you have to say KN pepper if you want to talk about it. And that comes in many forms of chili peppers, Tabasco sauce, uh, hot red peppers, hot green peppers, that's all capsicum? Yes, it is indeed. Many, many varieties. Uh, find one that you can tolerate. But as you know uh, from the watery eyes and the runny nose that you get when you consume some of those hot peppers, the uh, product really increases the secretions of the mucous membranes. So it will thin out that mucus, that phlegm, that is so often deleterious when it comes to causing a cough. And uh, it's as good a remedy as any for that. One of herbal medicine's most fascinating features is the reported ability of some plants to strengthen our immune system. In addition to echinacea, some herbalists point to the widely used Chinese plant astragalus as having this effect. For anyone who practices a preventive medicine lifestyle, bolstering the body's immunity lays a foundation for health. That intrigues London-based historian Barbara Griggs, who chronicled the development of Western herbal medicine in her book, Green Pharmacy. I think that one of the reasons herbal medicine is going to have more and more of an appeal in this late 20th century is that many of the so-called new diseases that we're seeing, things like post-viral fatigue, uh, perhaps motor neurone disease, a whole clutch of illnesses, certainly AIDS itself, are the result of an immune system which has been terribly impaired by 
modern pollutions, by modern society, by all the toxins around us, which we can't avoid in the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. We are a poisoned race today, you could say, effectively, and our immune systems have suffered terribly in consequence. Well, modern Western medicine doesn't have an answer for that, but there are lots of herbs that can do that. The whole of Chinese medicine is about the strengthening of the immune system. And I think this is one aspect of herbal medicine which is going to make it increasingly attractive to doctors as well as to patients in the future. I think there's a number of factors uh, influencing public uh, interest here. First of all, herbs are natural, and there's a philosophical predisposition toward preferring natural products. There's also the myth that since something is natural, it's presumed to be safe, although that's not always true. Some of the most uh, violent toxins known to humankind come from the plant kingdom. Mark Blumenthal in Austin, Texas, publishes Herbal Gram magazine and is executive director of the American Botanical Council, a leading herbal medicine education organization. There also is the perception among the public that herbs are, in general, safer, gentler, and lower cost than their prescription or conventional drug counterparts, and some surveys indicate that that is, in fact, the case. Herbs do work gently. They are, in fact, generally safe, and they are usually lower cost than conventional drugs. Herbal remedies are often less expensive for a reason. Unlike synthetic pharmaceutical drugs, plant medicines occur naturally and thus do not require hundreds of millions of dollars to develop and test for government approval. Physician Andrew Weil. You know, there are some herbal preparations that are pricey. Ginseng is an expensive herb, for example. But in general, if you've talked to anyone recently who's had a prescription filled, uh, a common response is that they're just astounded when they got the bill. You know, for some of these uh, prescription medications that cost a daily dose maybe uh, 3 or 4 or $5 a day or more, you know, these are very expensive products. And uh, I think in general, the herbal medicines are much less costly than pharmaceutical drugs. I'd say a quarter of the cost or less. So for, say, an elderly person on a tight budget who might need uh, medicine, that could be a substantial... Could be budget. very substantial, even for a younger person. You know, the, the cholesterol-lowering drugs that we have today, uh, things like Lovastatin, Mevacor, these are very expensive. There is a, an herbal alternative from Ayurvedic medicine, the medicine of India, a plant called Google. Uh, funny name, G-U-G-G-U-L, which you can now get in health food stores. There's good research from India demonstrating its cholesterol-lowering effects, probably by a mechanism similar to the ones that, uh, of our pharmaceutical drugs, but it's safer, and it's a fraction of the cost of the pharmaceutical drugs. As a graduate of Harvard Medical School and also as a Harvard-educated botanist, Dr. Weil knows about plant remedies and discusses them in depth in his book, Natural Health, Natural Medicine but he is still a rarity among doctors who today receive little or no training in herbal treatment. That gap in knowledge frustrates another MD who practices herbal medicine, Howard Posner in Philadelphia. Many patients who I see have been to several doctors, often a myriad of physicians who have given them a myriad of drugs, which produced a myriad of side effects, sometimes rather harsh side effects, Often they've gotten second and third line drugs to treat the side effects of the preceding drugs. And their symptoms may have been suppressed, but they realize that they have not been relieved of their illness. They've had some suppression. Another reason is that they're unhappy with the way their physician treated them. Often I hear complaints that their doctor 
treated them in a very condescending way, got upset if they asked questions, brushed aside their concerns about the medication that's being prescribed, and poo-pooed any suggestion that there might be an alternative. More and more patients seek out herbal treatment because they find it safer and gentler. Many turn to naturopathic doctors, who are not licensed medical doctors, but who receive a formal four-year training in herbal and natural medicine. Naturopathic doctor Mary Bove is certified in both the United States and in England, where she is a licensed medical herbalist. The daughter of a medical doctor, she practices in Brattleboro, Vermont. My pediatric population, the children that come to the office, often those children are coming because they've been in a, a chronic state of illness, meaning that they've had recurrent ear infections or recurrent eczema or recurrent asthma or recurrent um, upper respiratory infections, and that they've been on antibiotics, uh, you know, maybe over the winter three, four, five times, and the, the parents are getting concerned. They come off the antibiotics, they're right back on in two or three weeks, and so they're looking to break the cycle to try to find an alternative to this, to try to build up the, the child's body again, and to try to avoid that reoccurrence of antibiotic use. Um, adults who come, probably the three most common reasons adults come into the practice, one is um, women for female medicine, either for menstrual irregularities or menopausal complaints. Um, secondly, gastrointestinal. I see a lot of gastrointestinal, so digestive upset, be it heartburn, be it um, uh, colon or um, bowel disease or maldigestion, but you, you'll often find that. And then I'd say the last thing would be um, allergies, uh, which could be asthma, which could be eczema, which could be psoriasis, which could be hay fever type of symptoms. But that's another reason why I see a lot of people. Of course, these kinds of symptoms can be presented to conventional uh, physicians, medical doctors. Why is it that, that the folks end up in your office? Um, often they've been through um, conventional medicine. They've been to several doctors. They felt like they've gotten nowhere. Um, sometimes they are on a drug that they find that they have a, an, <clears throat> um, a side effect that they don't want to have. I had a woman in this morning who had... Uh, problems with depression um, from taking estrogen and so she wanted to get off of that because of that reason per se. Also I think that the, the public is being more educated on the role of defense in the immune system and keeping the body healthy and a lot of people who are on the standard pharmaceutical drugs feel like they're only doing the band-aid approach and they're finding that they want to try to get more to the root of the problem. Sometimes in herbal medicine the root is the solution. That was the case 11 years ago for Jerry McLean in Boston. When I first got into it, it was through my acne condition. I was uh, on medication, tetracycline, and um, only antibiotics, but nothing on a herbal or a natural line. And for how long had you tried the antibiotics? Oh, it must have been uh, two years. You, uh, were, you were on antibiotics for yeah, two years? Yeah, the doctor said I had the worst acne he's ever seen in my life. Hmm. And after I paid a good amount of money, then he said there was nothing else he could do for me. So I just got so upset about it that I just said, well, let me start reading about herbs. And I got so interested in herbs. And I met a woman in the health food store, and I had a comment. I said, you have such a lovely face. 
And she says, my face used to look like yours. I said, well, well thanks a lot. <laughs> and so um, she said, um, she said, no, but seriously, she says, I can do something for your face. And she, we started, started reading about herbs, and she gave me this one herb to try, and I could just see my pimples shrinking. What was the herb that helped your face? Echinacea. And echinacea is one of the king of the blood purifiers, so it cleans your blood. You didn't apply that topically. You you swallowed it? Yeah, you swallow it. You, uh, it comes in drops, and you put it about 20 drops in some water, a small amount of water, and you drink it down about three times a day. And for how long did you try this treatment? Oh, that worked on me right away. It um, must have been about four days. From there, I just started studying on my own. I put echinacea, I put golden seal, I put dandelion and burdock, and those are a lot of blood purifiers, and golden seal is an antibiotic, one of the highest antibiotics in the um, herbal kingdom. The personal success Jerry McLean says he had from herbal treatment prompted him to begin counseling others on the benefits of botanical medicine. A member of his church congregation, John Moran, decided to give it a try. Well, uh, I guess you could call it worst-case scenario. Uh, I had multiple uh, medical problems. Um, I was um, a karate instructor and a bodybuilder. And uh, through uh, a number of injuries and accidents and actually more chronic stress to the uh, bones and uh, ligaments and muscles over time, I developed a lot of scar tissue and became very inactive. Uh, as a result, which led to further problems. But then um, <clears throat> I also had severe respiratory problems, chronic chest, sinus, and ear infections. And when I say severe and chronic, I'm, uh, for example, I was on antibiotics for two weeks, off for two weeks, on for two weeks, off for about 15 years. Combined with a lot of aspirin I was taking for my aches and pains, I developed ulcers. My life had become uh, almost unlivable physically. John Moran began a regimen of botanical medicines including echinacea, golden seal, dandelion, and burdock intended to purify his body of toxins that had accumulated. It made sense to cleanse myself out and to build back up. I said, well, at least it's worth a try. I mean, I've tried everything else. He gave me the cleansing. The first few days, I felt like a, a new man. I just, everything was moving in my body, whatever, and I, I felt so wonderful. It's hard to explain. And uh, you, I, I went from eliminating maybe once every few days to eliminating uh, two, three times a day. I said, wow, this is tremendous. And then after that, I didn't feel well. I felt, I called, I said, I feel really sick. I've got pains, aches and pains. And Jerry explained, it's the, it's, you know, it's the uh, cleansing process can be painful at times. And so I've gone back and forth, back and forth, where um, I've been working with Jerry and the herbs for about a year and a few months now. My health situations in every category have improved tremendously. But that's not to say it hasn't been an up-and-down struggle. And how do you feel now? I feel uh, better than I've ever felt. Um, he gives me herbs that are natural anti-inflammatories. I was in so much pain, uh, I couldn't move my arms more than about four or five inches away from my body. Now I can move, lift them above my head. I couldn't drive a car. Now I, I bought a car and I'm driving. I can do, my, I couldn't even wash dishes. Uh, just the shoulder, improvement in my shoulders alone has been miraculous. John, do you still see your regular physician? 
I think it's it's only prudent and wise to get regular checkups and and see your doctors. But I think the focus here uh, is that for many ailments that we we have alternatives that we can use a combination of, of doctors and Western medicine. And there's some things that they do better than anyone else. If you're in a car accident, you don't want to be anywhere but in an emergency room. Uh, if you need a certain surgery, you want the best surgeon. But for many chronic common problems, um, the naturally occurring elements found in herbs and plants uh, can be as, as effective, if not more effective, than the uh, synthesized chemical uh, elements made by pharmaceuticals with very little or no side effects. You're listening to The Medicine Garden. I'm David Freudberg. In our next half hour, a look at which herbs are commonly used for which health conditions, and a discussion with medical experts on whether botanical remedies are safe. <laughs>